Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Good morning. Happy New Year. It's going to be a good one. I don't know what y'all been listening to, but I've been listening to the Holy Ghost. Amen. And uh, we're putting 2020 behind us and we are moving on. Let's pray. Father, I love you today. I bless you. Thank you for this people that desire to know you, to seek you, to love you. Father, thank you for what you're speaking to the church across the world. I am thankful today, Father, of all of your promises, all the power of your word that's coming alive. I pray over us today as we prepare, Lord, even tonight to enter into a fast, to join together corporately as a body, not only here at the Rock of Gainesville, but Lord, with many all over the world that are setting today aside to fast and to pray and to seek your face. Lord, I desire that we as a people experience something that we have never experienced before in all of our Christian walk. The promise of your word is that the latter days are going to be greater than the former days. The promise of your word, Father, is that in the midst of darkness, your light will shine. And I pray that the light of Christ in the church of Jesus Christ will shine across this city, across this state, across this nation, and around this world. And I ask that tonight, Father, as we set aside and set apart this week, Lord, that you will do something significant in all of our lives. We're hungering for you. We're thirsting for you, Father. And I pray that there will be a stirring all the way down to our children and all the way up to the oldest one that's a part of this house. Lord, your word declares that in the latter days you're going to pour out your spirit and our children are going to have vision for the things of the kingdom. That we're going to dream dreams that go beyond what the world tells us, the news tells us. Father, we're going to dream of the bigness of God on the face of the earth. Lord, I believe the time is now. And I pray, Father, for each of us. Lord, stir up within us, I pray. Help us to stir up within ourselves even that desire and that passion for the fullness of of your glory. I pray over this word this morning, Father, that it is a word to challenge each and every one of us, beginning with me, Lord, to press in. I pray, Father, for your anointing to be rich upon my lips, upon this word, and your anointing to be rich on our ears that we can hear with spiritual ears, even if what we're hearing maybe we've heard before, maybe we've heard it many times today, Lord, let it be fresh and new. That's right. A stirring once again. 
I give you thanks and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Ecclesiastes, don't you just love it? It's right there behind Psalms and Proverbs, so you can find it in your Bible. I'm going to give you uh, 10 challenges this morning, 10, 13 pages of notes. And uh, if you have to leave before I'm finished, I'm going to do it quickly, but uh, there are 10 simple truths, 10 simple challenges that uh, I have been praying over the last couple of weeks and uh, feeling just that stirring, that challenge. First of all, my own life. How many of you got the email this week uh, encouraging you to read the word with me and Suzanne, Suzanne and me? I think it's proper. Um, If you didn't get it, uh, I'm going to give it to you at the end of the message. You're already three days behind, but you can catch up. It's a lot of reading, but I I really felt compelled, Suzanne and I both, uh, that we needed to join together as a body this year and read through the Word of God uh, together every day. And uh, now, I don't want you to be offended uh, for those of you that have already uh, invited me to be a part of your little group. I can't do that. There's enough reading uh, without me having to read what you're writing. What you're writing is important, and you need to write it. And I would encourage you with family and friends to invite a few people with you. But uh, it is a lot of reading, and uh, I have been so stirred. I'm already on day five and a half. (laughs) I just haven't been able to stop reading. It it has been, I've said, Lord, let this be like the first time when I first got saved. Now, I was only eight years old, and so half the words in the Bible didn't understand anyhow. But uh, I, I have really been stirred in my heart. You're going you're to read through the Old Covenant. You're going to read through Genesis. You're going to read through Psalms, a proverb every day, wisdom and understanding, insight. And uh, you're going to read out of the New Covenant. And uh, it is some good stuff. So I want to encourage you, if you're part of our family, um, go ahead and say, well, pastor, I've already got my own reading stuff. Well, just add it to it. All right. Turn off stupid, I mean, television a little bit longer each day and you'll have plenty of time to read. Okay. I would encourage you this. I know some of you are, would say, pastor, I'm not a morning person. Now I have to do my reading at night. If you're reading late at night, you're reading yourself to sleep. You're not getting everything that the, the Lord is wanting to say to you. So I would encourage you if you can't read early in the morning, find a time during the day, take your break and uh, get into the Word of God. So I am starting a series uh, today, and uh, I don't know when it'll end, uh, but it will. And uh, it's titled, The Time Is Now. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, I'm going to read a few verses. And I would encourage you to write these 10 points down, take out your smartphones, and uh, write them down, and let Holy Spirit speak to you this week, all right? Verse 1, for everything... Say everything. Everything. For everything there is a season, a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born, a time to die. Time to plant, time to pluck up what is planted. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to break down, a time to build up. A time to weep. How many of you wept a little bit in 2020? It's behind us. A time to laugh, a time to mourn, A time to dance, a time to cast away stones, a time to gather stones, a time to embrace, a time to refrain. Boy, that sounds like 2020, doesn't it? (laughs) 
from embracing. At times, my wife rebuked me yesterday. I'll just stop right here in the middle of my scripture reading. And she said, honey, I'm believing with you for the victory, but you're not there yet. So I'm tired of seeing you out there among the people, hugging them and loving on everybody that you come in contact with. So she has rebuked me to stay on the stage or in my back room and uh, to get through this season. And uh, you know how hard that is for a hugger and a lover? Now, if I was just a fighter and didn't like any of y'all, it'd be easy. I could be like one of those preachers that just always came out of the back and always went back and had somebody chauffeuring him around. But I'm not. I'm a lover and a hugger. And I, if I see you and I come towards you to hug you, you need to be obedient to my wife and say, Pastor, I rebuke you. No, no, no don't do that. But you know I want to hug you, right? Thank you. A time to seek, a time to lose, a time to keep, a time to cast away, a time to tear, and a time to sow, a time to keep silence, woman. (laughs) Hold it, I'm not through. And a time to speak, woman. Time to love, (laughs) and a time to hate. Time for war, and a time for peace. So the time is now. There's a time, as, as it's written here, a time for every season under heaven. And nothing that we've gone through has caught the Lord off guard. Amen? No matter how difficult, no matter what the situation is, no matter what you're going through, whether it's financial, marital, relational, he, um, sickness, healing, disease, what, whatever it is, we never caught, catch the Lord off guard. He knows, he understands, he cares, he loves, he sympathizes. Jesus came from heaven, took the form of a little tiny baby, and he went through all the stresses of childhood on his way to the cross. There was a time for Christ, a time when he was silent. You remember reading in scripture when Jesus goes to the wedding, uh, his mom is there, his, some of his disciples are with him, and, and they run out of wine. And, and Jesus' mother comes and says, son, they're out of wine. Man, it's, that's bad news at a wedding. And, and, and he says, he looks at her and he says, woman, what does that have to do with me? And she turns to the servants, talking about faith, and she says, whatever he says, do it. Jesus wasn't going to hang his mom out to dry. I don't know if it was the right time. I don't know if, if it was the appointed time of the father. But he spoke, he prayed. And he said, go take this to the master of the ceremony. And can you imagine? That guy's already had a few drinks. Everybody at the wedding's had a few drinks. It's wine. It's not grape juice. If that hurts your theology, we'll take it up with Christ. But uh, he, he takes it, he sips, and he stops the wedding party. He stops the music. He stops the dancing. 
And he says, what is this? Everybody serves their best wine first. Oh, but when Jesus dips his fingers in it, oh, that's some good wine. For everything in our life, there's a season. No matter what you've gone through in your past, how many of you've failed Christ at least one time since you got saved? That would be all of us. The past, when you get in the word of God and begin to find out who you are in Christ, is simply that, it's the past. How many of you did something since you got saved that you don't want anybody in the whole world to ever know? Yeah, like seven of us. <laughs> the rest of you are lying. I'm having an altar call getting about 400 saved this morning. See, we can't, we, it's like, no, if I do that, she's going to want to, he's going to want to know what it was. <laughs> I just said, that's between you and the Lord. And guess what? He forgave you. He's cleansed you. He's healed you. He's redeemed you from the curse of the past. Every sin is forgiven. And now, you're in this new season, 2021. You're not a mistake. We're not an accident. We didn't just happen to be here. We are in the appointed time of the Lord for each and every one of us. We have a purpose, a plan, a future, and a hope, God says, that he has established for us to do something in this coming year. How many of you got some little bit of sense of excitement about today, tomorrow, and this year, 2021? So, some of you are like, ah, oh, just, it's gonna be same, same as it was last year. No, it's not. You gotta rebuke that lie from hell. And, and I promise you this, when you get in the word, it'll change you. It'll change the way you think you probably will turn off stupid vision more because all of a sudden there's gonna be a hunger. There's a conflict when you're being fed negative, 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 and you get in the word of God and it is the word of God and it is positive. Even the rebuke is positive. Even the conviction is positive because without it, you wouldn't repent. You wouldn't be right with the Father. But because he loves you, he doesn't leave you alone and you mess up. And he's not coming a week from Sunday just as I am, third stanza, at the end of the service. No, he's right there, right then to, to say, is this really what you want? And you get convicted in your heart and you say, Lord, I'm sorry, that is not, that was ugly, that was nasty. I can't believe I spoke to my wife that way. Some of you men should repent. but you're free in Christ. I wanna give you 10 challenges for this year. If you're waiting for something you've never heard before, well, if you've ever been in this church, you've heard it all. I mean, Holy Spirit will anoint it, it'll become fresh, and all of a sudden you'll experience something. But I'm giving you 10 things for 2021 that I really challenge you to write down, meditate on, don't walk out of here today and say, wow, that was a good word. I can't remember what he said, but, I, but, but maybe this week I, it'll come back to my remembrance. No, it won't. The enemy will rob it from you unless you determine you want this in your spirit. And then you'll go back and listen to it again and get it. Number one, number one, to seek first the kingdom of God. I don't care what you've done in the past, but to come to a place of freshness to say, I want God fully in my life.
if I want something that I've never had before and I want to experience something I've never experienced before and I want a freshness that I've never known before, you can't keep doing the same things you've always done before. Something's got to give. Something's got to change. Don't wait for the prophet, the evangelist, the apostle, the pastor, the teacher to be the one that you think can deliver that to you. Because there's one greater than those five gifts. He's the Holy Spirit. And when you seek God first, Matthew 6, 33, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all things. How many things? All things will be added to you. My desire, starting a few days ago, a few weeks ago, was that not only would Suzanne and I desire together as a husband and wife a spiritual awakening in our spirit, in our life, but also in our family, our church, the body of Christ, that there would be a stirring. Paul said, stir up the gifts that are within you. See, sometimes, and even when I was praying while ago, I realized I'm praying literally, and that's why I went to the second phase of it, was so many of us, just like what I prayed is, Lord, stir us up. And the Lord's saying, I've given you everything to stir yourself up. Why are you wanting me to do what only you can do? Ouch. Say amen to that. See, we want God to do something when God's already given us his Holy Spirit to do something, and he's wanting us to stir up within ourselves. That's good preaching right there. A stirring within our spirit, man, a stirring within our soul, a desire, a passion. I want to be honest with you, tonight scares the out of me. Because there's a part of me that I, I'm just want, I just want to enter into some worship like we haven't entered in before. I want to forget a clock. I want to forget all the distractions. And, and I want to press in. And then there's that enemy that comes and says, you're not going to experience nothing. Same old, same old. That is not of God. What is of God is if you will seek him, he will be found. Number two. To pursue God with your whole heart. Psalm 42, verse 1 and 2, I love this, says, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. You know, I, I've never run along beside a deer and watched him pant. But I have a, I have a dog that looks like a horse. And we were gone for the last few days, and we got home uh, Friday afternoon, and my dog was so happy to see me. And, and I told Suzanne all the way home, as soon as I get home, Roxy and I are going for a walk. And so we walked and walked and walked, and she kept pulling and pulling, and I finally said, girl, I'm done with you pulling, so I took the leash off. She shot out of there, boom, and she was running like a crazy person. She was wrapping around trees. She was sliding in the dirt. She was out to the pasture. She was back to the house. She was just running. And the longer she ran, the longer that tongue got. And I had just been meditating on this scripture. And I said, I don't know nothing about a deer panting, but I know what it's like when my dog pants. 
I mean, that, that tongue was just almost rolling off the ground, and she, she's a big, tall dog. And I started thinking about, have I ever panted for God like that? Have I ever thirsted for God, for the living God, with such passion that once the leash is taken off of you, you just run to God and you hunger and you thirst? Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him. He will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord. Turn away from evil. Boy, this is powerful stuff. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. And your vats will be bursting with wine. My soul thirsts for God. Number three, to fear the Lord, it is the beginning of knowledge. To fear the Lord, Proverbs chapter 1 verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. I want to tell you, reading a proverb a day is one of the most powerful things you can do in your Christian walk whether you've been walking with God for 10 years or 40 years or 70 years. Every time you get in it, there's a challenge for God, for his wisdom, his instruction, his understanding that goes beyond ours, beyond our ability. James said this way, he said, if you lack wisdom, what? What? Ask. Ask. And the father who loves to give to his children will give. He loves to give. Number four, to read God's word daily in faith. John chapter one, verse one says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So many people say, I've never heard God speak. Then you've never read God's word. If you, if you haven't read God's word, then you haven't heard God speak. But if you've read it, in the beginning was the word, and the word was God. The word was with God. The word was God. So the, the Lord wants us to discipline our lives in the study of Scripture. He wants us to discipline our children. Uh-oh, listen to me. In the study of Scripture. I don't care if your kids are homeschooled, go to the rock school, or go to public school. It's your responsibility as a father and mother to instruct your children in the Word of God. When I watched the series, The Chosen, I don't remember which, which uh, episode it was, the second or third one with the children. How many, anybody remember that? Third episode. Third episode, and, and these little kids find Jesus. And, and they strike up a conversation, and the whole episode is these kids hanging out with Christ. And, and, and I love it when he says, do you, do you know this particular passage? And, and all of a sudden, all of them begin to quote the Word of God. And I thought, how many of our children, at the drop of a hat, can quote the Word of God? If they can't, dads, moms, it's your fault. 
Okay, I, I know, honey. She, she told me to be positive today. My wife just gives me all kinds of instruction. If I, I just live by it and I'm, I'm, I'm in good shape, but I'm being positive. But because I, I want to tell you, we failed our boys when they were little. I mean, they know how to play a basketball. They know how to dribble behind the back, through the legs, do the shot, do the layup. But we failed 30 years ago in our understanding of responsibility, that it's not the church, not Pastor Ed, not the preschool director, not pastor, responsibility to teach. Boy, it's quiet in here this morning. It's just quiet in here this morning. It is our responsibility. And if all they're getting is a quick little prayer at the end of each day, before you put them to sleep, it's not enough. I want to encourage you today. Don't get mad. Don't get angry. Don't get offended. Get convicted. And say, Lord, help me, teach me, give me wisdom to show me how to teach my children from the youngest age the word of God. And dad's. You will stand before God one day if your idea is, well, it's my wife's responsibility. She does all the homeschooling. This ain't homeschooling. This is Bible schooling. We have a responsibility. Our children desperately need to be taught the Word of God. They desperately need to come in this place tonight without their iPads and their coloring books and be taught how to worship God. See, tonight could be a teaching lesson for your children. You teach them how to lift their hands. You teach them. We're singing this song. We're worshiping God. Well, well Daddy, why, why are we got to raise our hands? What a great opportunity to teach them why we surrender to God. Why we surrender. Don't, don't, don't come in here tonight and let your, don't come in here tonight and come to the front and worship and leave your kids sitting on this chair behind you. Why, why you're leaving them behind. And one of the most important things they'll ever be taught, how to worship God. Woo. Man, I wish I'd have heard this preaching years ago. Verse 16 of John chapter 1, for from his fullness, listen to this, we have all received grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Grace and truth. So I'm sitting here today, I'm standing here encouraging you, take responsibility to teach your children and don't say I can't, say grace, grace. Help me Lord to learn today. I don't care if your kids are five, seven, 12, you think wow, Pastor, I, I get it, but, but it's already too late. No, it's not too late. You're, you're feeding the bill. You're, you're, you're paying the rent. You're, you're, you bought them a bed to sleep in. You gave them my iPhone 12, IMAX, Pro Max, whatever it is. And they're nothing but babies. They can teach you how to work that iPhone. You can teach them the word of God. You can teach them. Grace, grace. I'm glad the doors are locked back there, so. 
So I've invited all of us, the whole church, to join Suzanne and me this year in reading through the Bible. We've chosen out of the Version uh, app called Bible in One Year 2021. I hope that's on the screen. If not, y'all try to put it up there. With Nikki Gumbel and his wife, Pippa. He is a, he is a pastor in England, and uh, this is the third year that he has put this out, and I promise you, uh, you're going to be encouraged by it. So uh, start today, go home, and by tonight at six, you'll be caught up three days worth. There you go. Amen. I'm a man of faith. All right, number five, to worship God in song and prayer and in meditation. Say song. song. We got that, right? Say prayer. prayer. We have that too. Meditation. It's not, it's not legs crossed. It's meditating on his word. You get one little nugget and you you can't get past it. Psalm 148 verse 13. Let them praise the name of the Lord for his name alone is exalted. His majesty above earth and heaven He has raised up a horn for his people and praise for all of his saints, for the people of Israel who are near to him. Praise the Lord. Psalm 145. I will extol you, my God and King, and bless your name. That's what we're going to do tonight. We're going to extol the Lord. We're going to bless him. We're going to honor him. We're going to adore him. We're going to make place for Holy Spirit to teach us how to enter into the deeper place and say, I want... I want to be able to write a psalm like the psalmist wrote out of my own worship. The Lord loves a new song sung to him. I promise you, because I, I, even old songs, I forget the words, so I have to make up my own. You know, I got the melody down, but, but uh, man, I, I've got like 10 different versions of Amazing Grace. <laughs> I started singing this morning early. I was walking Roxy right after daybreak. And I started singing a song that we sang at Christ for the Nations in 1981. And that song just, man, it was like, where did that come from? But then I started singing it. And man, it it just began to, for 20 minutes, that song just over and over. I love you, Lord, with all of my heart. Something transpires in your life. When you press into that kind of worship. Every day, verse 2, I will bless you. How many days? Every day I will bless you and praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. Listen to this. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Who are we declaring that to? Our children and our children's children. We were getting ready for Christmas at the Brantley home, all 18 of us. And uh, the kids were asking one question over and over. Anybody know what that question might be? When do we get to open the presents? I said, oh, we're going to have a little worship time first. You could see the eyes rolling. You could see the facial expression. We gathered them all up there, and I had Jess and Suzanne. We began to worship the Lord. And I shared a short word. Why? 
because our children need to know that Christmas is not about that little gift. We're giving gifts because the greatest gift was given to all of us. But hear me, you got to teach your children. You just let them run in there and start ripping open presents. They're never going to know that Jesus is the reason for the season of Christmas. They're going to all think it's all about them. Did you get this question? Is that all there is for me? There's no more Baba with my name on it? Well, this is your fourth Christmas in two days. You've been to both sets of grandparents' houses, a few sets of uncles and aunts, and some that aren't even relatives that think they're your relatives have given you gifts. And that's all right because children are children. It's not all right if you let them stay there. Come on, somebody. See, we have to teach them and train them and nurture them. Same way tonight, we need to teach. Tonight needs to be a training time for our children. Get them all up there around you and just begin to say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to lift our hands. We might bow. We might get on our face before God because he alone is the giver of life. He's worthy. One generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. Oh, the glorious splendor of your majesty and on your wondrous works, I will meditate. The Lord wants us to meditate on his goodness. Amen? So, so when you don't know what's going to happen over the next few days in our country, guess what? You can still worship God. If you're happy, worship God. If you're sad, worship God. If you're disappointed, worship God. In all things, worship God. Press in. Because the sun will rise and the sun will set. And God will be glorified by his people. Number six, to invite the Holy Spirit to consume you with his presence and his power. His presence and his power. A few months ago, I felt like Holy Spirit asked me a question, are you embarrassed to be known as a Pentecostal? I pondered that. I said, Lord, I don't wanna go through the motion of church. Forgive us whenever we do not make place for the Holy Spirit in our life, in our family, in our church, and in our gathering. We need the Holy Spirit. Fully evident in our lives, our marriages, our relationships, our finances, our careers. We need the Holy Spirit. And when we don't make room for him, guess what we're doing? We're saying we can do it on our own. And let me tell you a secret. You can't. Peter couldn't. James couldn't. John couldn't. Matthew couldn't. And they walked with Jesus for three years. Jesus said, right before he ascended to the right hand of the Father, he said, it's imperative that I go away. 
Because in my going, the promise of the one that the Father promised will come. And he said, go and wait until you receive. Some of us need to press in to learn how to wait and invite Holy Spirit once again to have liberty in your life, your soul, your body, your mind, your spirit. Holy Spirit, we need you desperately in our country and in our nation. Acts chapter 1 verse 4 says, And while staying with them, Jesus ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, You heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Man, we people sure get messed up. Jesus, is, he's on one track. Go wait on the Holy Spirit. And what happens? The disciples remember the same guys that had argued, Lord, who's the greatest among us? Lord, can I be at your right hand when you bring your kingdom to the earth? What arrogance. Lord, what, what's going to happen in, in, in this season? He said, it's not for you to know. You wait on the Holy Spirit. But you, verse 8, will receive power. There's two things that comes when the Holy Spirit comes in to dwell in your life. Number one is you get power. Say power. power. The church of Jesus Christ in Gainesville, in Florida, in America, and around the world needs the power of God manifested like we've never experienced before. I keep saying it. I don't want to go back to Azusa Street. I don't want to go back to the 1970s Jesus movement. I don't want to go back to anything. When the promise is that the latter days will be greater than the former days. But you have to hunger it. You have to thirst. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And listen to this. You will be my witnesses. You're going to be a witness. How am I going to be a witness when you get filled with the Holy Spirit? The power in you. The other night, Suzanne and I were celebrating New Year's Eve with her twin sister, Suzette, and Kirk. And we had gone to one of our top probably three restaurants in the state of Florida. It happens to be in Winter Park. I'm not going to tell y'all where it is because I don't want y'all going and messing up my restaurant. Uh, <laughs> but it's a fabulous place. And we were sitting outside. It's on a lake. And it's stunning. We were watching the sun go down. The moon came up. It, it was absolutely beautiful. We were uh, taking pictures. If you know my wife and Suzette, they, they, they believe in pictures. So we were taking pictures of this and that and, and them together and them separate and, and them and us and us and them. And, and we're, we're just taking pictures. And, and finally they came. We were, we're out by the lake. We're sitting and we're having some hors d'oeuvres. And, and uh, a lady comes and says, we'd waited an hour and 40 minutes, but we were happy. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm loving life. I'm like, I'm not complaining. I, I'm sitting here looking at this beautiful lake, watching the sunset, getting ready for fireworks to come up across the lake. And I'm with my beautiful wife and, and we're just enjoying it. And so, so they come before we even realize that we've gone through several hors d'oeuvres and, and now we got a table. And so we get the table. We're no longer seated at the table. My wife and Suzette are, well, we got to have a picture here. 
Well, well, we need a picture. Oh, we need a picture right there. Woo, look, honey, look at that view. So being the obedient husbands, men of God, pastors, priests of our home that Kirk and I are, we immediately jump up with our cameras and we start snapping shots left and right. And there's a little couple sitting at the table next to us. And they were just drawn to the craziness of our table. And I don't know what, how the conversation started, but it was like instead of a table of four, we were a table of six now. And they, they were right beside us, and they were just so many questions, and we got to talking. And, and he finally asked Kirk, I think, what he did. And he said, well, I'm a pastor, and so is my brother-in-law, and the guy just lights up. He said, well, my wife and I pastored a church in Atlanta, Georgia for 10 years. And he starts telling us his story. He played golf for the University of Florida for four years with some of the top names that are in the Senior Pro uh, Today champions, and his name is Steve. And uh, we just had the sweetest, my wife, I, I think she wanted to go sit between them. She just, she was just so, she, it was just like all of a sudden our dinner, our New Year's Eve just became a, a conversation about the things of God and life and, and the goodness of God. And they have, they had seven or eight. Seven children. They had six boys and one girl. And this little wife was absolutely gorgeous. And boy, he was just, he was just, he couldn't keep his hands off of her. He, he said, we're about to celebrate 41 years. Uh, matter of fact, tomorrow, I believe it is. And, and we were just, we were talking, we were rejoicing with him. And we told him we had already celebrated 41. And, and I just was, I was so impressed with just his love for his wife. All the kids are grown and gone. None of them are married, no grandkids. And, and, and I share with him, you know, we have three kids, 10 grandchildren, and they just light up. And, and, uh, and before we know it, it's finally time. We've been there like four hours, you know. The moon's come up. The fireworks have gone. We've watched all the fireworks, and the table's empty. And, and so uh, we ask for the check, and the waiter comes, and he says, well, your check's already been taken care of. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. How about beginning the new year with the blessing of God overtaking you? I mean, just $168 check just gone. And, and, and I just smiled and, and I said, thank you out loud. And he just gave me the thumbs up like this. He's eating a big old filet and he gives me the thumbs up. Well, the poor guy, we interrupted their meal and, and uh, we're trying to leave. We're taking pictures with them. We're showing pictures to each other. And, and, the, and the blessing of God and the, and, and the spirit and the passion. When Holy Spirit gives you a divine appointment, sometimes he gives you one so that you can lead someone to Christ or plant a seed or, or water somebody else's seed. Sometimes he just gives you one to make you feel like I'm a good daddy and I just want you to know that I'm thinking about you tonight. Come on, somebody. I think you ought to give the Lord a hand for that. God loves us that much. All right. Y'all got to stop because I got three more points. Four, actually. Number seven, to fully know God's love and to be filled with the fullness of God. I got to read you this scripture because it's so powerful. To fully know God's love and to be filled with the fullness of God. Ephesians chapter three, verse 14. For this reason. I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant to you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded. You cannot be rooted and grounded outside of the Word of God. See, every one of these points ties in with every other point. Rooted and grounded in the love of God. May have strength to comprehend what all the saints, what is the breadth and length and height and depth. And to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, come on somebody, how many of you want to know that kind of God this year? The one that can do more abundantly above what you can even ask or think. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. And everybody said, amen. Number eight to live with the knowledge that you have been set free. John chapter eight, verse 36. So if the Son sets you free, hear me church, I don't care what mistake you made this week, you have a right to walk in the freedom of Christ Jesus. Because all it takes is to repent of all your sin, all your past, all your failures, and you're forgiven. He takes your sin, he wads it up, he throws it as far as the east is from the west, never to remember it again. Why does he do that? Because he wants you to know the fullness of his love. You're forgiven. You're righteous. You're cleansed. You're redeemed. You're healed by the promise of his word. Number nine, to live in faith and to live by faith. Hebrews chapter 11, now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen, for by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Hear me, 2021, this is how you have to go into it. You got to let that verse come alive in your spirit. Come alive. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that were visible. Imagination. To see what isn't evident right now. Hebrews 11 verse 6. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. So what do you need to do? Stir yourself to believe. Have faith. Well, 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 well what, what, about the, what about all the politics? What's going to happen? Have faith in God. Have faith in God. Fight the good fight of faith. We're going to pray this week. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to, as a people, this week, repent for our nation, for the sin of our nation. For the sin of murdering 63 million babies and counting. God has every right to bring judgment to the nation of America. And if he does, judgment will hit both the house of the Lord and the unrighteous. But the redeemed will be saved. Amen? You don't have to fear what you don't understand. Not when you stir yourself to believe that the God you serve is bigger than it all. And number 10, 
to fulfill God's plan for your life. Right before Christmas, I went to visit our precious Miss Shirley Plumer, who is in the transition from this life to the kingdom of heaven. I went out to Ty and Nick's home, and I walked through the door, and Miss Shirley was sitting on the couch, oxygen in her nose. And the minutes she saw me, Ty had texted me the day before, and she said, I just pray when you come to see mom that she'll be coherent and you'll be able to have a conversation. And, and the minute I walked in that door, her little face lit up. And I reached over and I hugged her and I kissed her on the cheek and I sat down on the couch beside her. And we spent an hour and a half just reminiscing, talking. I said, Miss Shirley, are you afraid of death? She said, well, pastor, I've never been afraid of death before, but all of a sudden this thing has come on me. I said, that's a, that's a lie from hell, Miss Shirley. Just like you saw me walk through that door a moment ago, one day soon you're going to walk through that door. And in the moment of walking through it, you're going to be in the presence of Jesus Christ. You're going to be with your children that went before you, your heroes of the faith. We don't have to fear death when we're living out and fulfilling our purpose and plan because death is a part of life. God wants every one of us, including all of our precious little babies. Aren't you tired of us losing generations of children, generations of young people? When Suzanne and I, Suzanne and Kirk were talking to this precious couple, You could hear the agony in their heart as they talked to us about their children, how they were raised in church, and yet they they never had a passion for God. They they just, he said, they're good people, And, and, and they believe in God. Hear me, that's not enough. It's not enough to just drag your kids to church. They need a revelation of the living God so that they can live out the very purpose and plan and future and hope that God has in store for their life. We have to fight for our children. We have to fight the good fight of faith for our children, our grandchildren, to keep the works of darkness from stilling in their hearts. The very thing that brings life. If you have a wayward child, I'm telling you, You need to press in in 2021, grab hold of faith, and begin to rebuke every lying devil of hell and declare that nothing by any means is going to be able to keep and separate your son or your daughter from the kingdom of God. That no matter what it takes, God, whatever it takes, even up to death, bring them to salvation. Bring them to salvation. And not just some salvation where they can sit in church and and be good. No, so that they can experience the fullness of a God that loves them passionately and has a purpose, a plan for their life. Romans chapter 8, verse 28. And we know that for those who love God, all, say all, all things work together for good. For those who are called to his purpose. Jeremiah 29, verse 11, for I know the plans God says that I have for you. They are plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Hear me. On your televisions at home, ain't nobody quoting this. They're telling you how bad this winter's going to be in 2021. 
But God says, I have plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me. And listen to this. This is what God says. I will hear you. He's waiting. He's waiting. He's waiting. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. One of the things that I've felt recently is I've been saying, Lord, I want to hear clearer. I want to experience more. The more I've cried this out, the quieter I've gotten in my prayer. As I've been walking down the road with my dog and praying and worshiping, I've caught myself getting quieter and quieter and learning how to stop praying so I can listen. And when you start longing to hear the voice of God, this is what you do. You start leaning in. God knows your heart. When you're busy, jump up, hit the coffee machine, run in, shave, get your hair done, throw on your clothes, run out. Where's my scripture of the day verse? Oh yeah, blessed is he who's going out today. Okay, Lord, bless you today. And that's all you're giving to God? You're not hearing God. Because he's not going to be in a shout match or race. But when you start leaning in, getting quiet, you'll hear the whisper of his voice. You'll hear it in the word. You'll hear it in worship. You'll hear it when you're driving down the road, listening to some preacher. You don't know who he is, but somebody sent you something. You listen to it, and all of a sudden, God starts speaking to you through a word. And what do you do? You turn up the radio. You turn up the stereo. What do you do when you start longing to hear the voice of God? You have to lean in. And the more you lean in, the closer he gets. I've felt the arms of God around me twice in my life. I've felt his presence so strong that I could not stand. Oh, pastor, were you slain in the spirit? I don't know if I was slain. All I know was that I pressed in and I was on the floor. And I was on the floor for a couple hours. And you know what the first thing is you want to do after that happens? You want to, <coughs> you want to remake it. If I can just get in this position underneath my desk on the floor like I was the last time. It's not about the method, it's about the passion. I want to know you. God wants us to fulfill his plans, his purpose for our lives. Would you bow your head? Father, I thank you this morning for 10 simple truths that come out of your word. They're speaking to us, challenging us, stirring us, calling us. I pray for those today that are in this house, those that are watching online, those that are going to listen on the podcast this week. For each of us, no matter where we are, Father, that our heart, our desire will be, I need you, Father, like never before. I'm passionate to know you. 
to hunger for you, to seek your face. I pray over the church today that every one of us that have come under the Lordship of Jesus Christ, that in these coming days, this, this week, these seven days, Father, that we're setting aside, that there will be in each of us a pressing in to say, Lord, I want to hear, I want to experience, I want to know your glory, I want to experience your power, the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead. I want that in my life. We need you, Father. Show yourself mighty in all of our lives. Now, Father, I pray for anyone that's listening today online or anyone in this room that does not yet know you as personal Lord and Savior of their life. Those who once knew you and slid back, walked away, got discouraged. I pray for all of the sons and daughters, moms and dads, brothers and sisters of family in this house that do not know you today. Father, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will begin even now to soften their heart, to receive your love, to receive someone coming and touching their lives. There's no one, Father, too difficult for you to save. You saved us, and we're grateful. This morning, with every head bowed, believers, just pray for a moment. But if there's any one person in this room, maybe you have never come to the knowledge and the understanding of how much God loves you and how he created you in his image, his likeness. And he has a plan for your life once you surrender your heart to him. Maybe you once walked with God, but you walked away. You're here today. Would you let me lead you in a simple prayer? Today, God is knocking at your heart's door again and saying, come home. Open up this door and allow me in and experience the fullness of my love for you. If that's you, would you just lift up your hand wherever you're sitting across this congregation this morning and let me lead you in a simple prayer before him this morning. Yes, God bless you. You want Jesus right now to be Lord of your life. Tired. You're tired of running and fighting against. He's here for you today. Anyone else? God bless you. Thank you, dear. God bless you. Yes, thank you. He loves you so much. You're here for a reason. I'm going to invite you to pray a prayer with me. I'm going to lead you in a simple prayer. This prayer, coming out of a heart that says, Lord, I surrender. Today, you can be right with the God who created you. The whole congregation is going to join me. Join with me and pray this prayer out loud in faith this morning. Father God, thank you for revealing your love to me. Today, I'm choosing you, Father. I'm choosing Jesus, your son. And I'm choosing the Holy Spirit. I repent 
of my sins, and I ask you to forgive me of all of them. Come into my life, Jesus. Be my Lord. Be my Savior. I receive you by faith. And I'm choosing this day for the rest of the days of my life, all the way into eternity, to serve you and to know you. I bless you, Father. Thank you for loving me first. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a hand for these three that this morning invited Jesus. So as I depart, Pastor Jamie's coming to receive your tithe and offerings. I want to encourage you one last time. Tonight, 6 p.m., Saturday night, 6 p.m., Monday through Friday, right here, 6.30 in the auditorium. We're going to worship. We're going to pray. Tonight at exactly 6 o'clock, I'm going to call this house to a fast. So go home and get your big meal ready at 5 o'clock. Eat all you want. But as you know, in our house, I encourage you fast in whatever level and measure and grace that you have. You can't walk in mine, I can't walk in yours. Don't be foolish, don't not drink water. The Lord hasn't told you that. But you fast whatever degree or level of food and drink that you desire. I would encourage you to fast TV for a week you'll find out there is life outside of the stupid box. I would encourage the others of you to fast social media. One day I'm gonna have a word for y'all. It's just been, it's just been stirred in me for so long. But some of you, there, there are some folks that are offended because what somebody else, they're in a relationship said on a Facebook post. Stupid is as stupid reads. My gosh. Do what the Word of God says. If your brother's offended you, go to your brother. Don't Facebook post your brother. Oh, I got to shut up right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it alone because I am, I am ready for tonight. But fast whatever you feel like the Lord wants you to fast, okay? You don't have to share it with everybody. Husband and wife should share it. You got to feed your kids, okay? So don't demand your children to do something. They don't have a grace for yet. They'll hate God. But they could fast a lot of things like chocolate, sugar, candy, sweets, sodas, Cokes, iPads, and iPhones. Just put them away. Unless you're using it to read your scripture. You've got to use something to read your version, all right? I love you guys. I bless you. I look forward to the night. Look forward to seeing what God's going to do this week. And for those that hunger and thirst for the things of God, don't let anything separate you or keep you from being a part of what the body of Christ is going to do. You've heard me say this so many times, and I believe it with all my heart. Every one of you do what you want to do. So for those of you that want to join this body in a season of prayer and fasting and worship, I look forward to being with you 
tonight. And there's no judgment to those that don't make it. Those that are watching online that aren't coming yet. Those that have been texting me, begging me to live stream. We are going to stream. We're just going to put a camera and face it up here. And those that aren't able to be here can see whatever's happening. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.